Okay, everybody, welcome back to Talk of the Now podcast, and I'm so glad you're here again with us, everybody. And today I want to do just sort of a uh, offshoot, kind of a, um, just to kind of give you an update on things and what's been going through my mind. Um, been thinking about um, how much I've liked doing the podcast with Jason and the uh, history podcast that I've done, the few, basically three. And what I'm thinking about right now is that I may actually start a history podcast only. And this history podcast will be more of a factual based, I guess you would say. And perhaps, you know, entering at the end of the podcast into my own commentary about the history that I talk about. In other words, you know, at least for now when I do these, you know, I try to explain what I find to be factual and have read about as being factual. And then at the end of the podcast, let's just say, for instance, I'm talking about something like uh, the presidency of George Washington. Maybe I talk about his his early life in a podcast, and then at the end of the podcast, kind of give my two cents about it and what I think about him and uh, where he came from, and what the meaning of his life was, and then maybe go from there. It could be that. It could be a whole series. I think a lot of times doing it in a series would be a good idea as well, whether it be giving you a five-part series, for example, on George Washington, and then at the end of each podcast, kind of give you my commentary. And I don't know if you've read the History of Rome podcast. That's an excellent one to look at by uh, Mike Mike Dun- Duncan, I think was his last name. Forgive me if I got that wrong. Um, but Duncan was a um, doing the History podcast, and I I'd highly recommend that one if you are into history. He did an excellent job with it. And there are so many subjects in history that I just love and want to get into. Everything from like I've done my previous one, the Mayflower to the founding of the country. Founding of the country is one of my favorite subjects. Just I'm fascinated by everything from the first settlers in Jamestown and Plymouth Rock or the Plymouth Colony to, you know, Manifest Destiny and Expansion West, Civil War, up to New Deal the 60s, 70s, the modern times from the 80s and 90s into our present time. All of it is just fascinating to me, especially when you look at the the overall history of America and the way things have played out. One of the things that um, is most fascinating lately is the way that modern history has unfolded with social media and even podcasts, what you're listening to right now. And it's just truly fascinating to me. And one thing that I haven't talked with Jason about yet, which we'll probably talk about on one one of our shows, is uh, kind of the history of broadcasting itself, uh, radio broadcasting and television broadcasting. And I can't help but, you know, kind of give a slight tribute to uh, Rush Limbaugh, who died back in February of this year. And anybody that's in broadcasting nowadays, even if I think you're middle of the road liberal even, if you have a radio show in any town, especially on AM, Rush Limbaugh is considered to be the person that saved AM radio. I've heard one former Atlanta broadcaster, uh, Neil Bortz, when I used to listen to him on the radio, he would call Rush the godfather. And Rush was 
I want to say a few years younger than Neil Bortz. Um, so when you have a younger person calling you the godfather in that regard, I think that's a pretty high compliment. And no question, Rush was a polarizing figure, and I listened to to him plenty of times, and he would always say that he was just a lovable, fluffy, you know, huggable type guy. And, of course, people would argue either way against or for that. But the point is, though, is that just based on the broadcasting that he did and the history of it and his own history, that, to me, is a worthy biography in and of itself alone. Just from his rise from broadcasting as a DJ back in the early 70s, I think late 60s, through maybe late 70s, then he decided to hang it up, and then he went to work for the um, Kansas City Royals for a while, and it didn't work out. And so he decided to get back into broadcasting, and I think that he ended up, not to give a whole biography rush, but he ended up in Sacramento. And then from Sacramento, got hired into New York ABC, I think, it or NBC. See, it's one of them, I'm sorry. But he ended up working, eventually became his EIB network, and and then it just took off from there, and that's where it was discovered that there was, in fact, a large market for conservative radio. And to me, that just that history itself is fascinating. If you're just a student of history itself, before, prior to Rush, a lot of the conservative talking heads that were out there, you you might have had to look for someone such as William F. Buckley, who I've re- who I've read a little bit. He's written he wrote he wrote many books. William. I believe died back in the uh, late 2000s, maybe um, early 2000s, somewhere around 2005, I think. And William, a great show to watch on William Buckley, William F. Buckley Jr. is Firing Line. And I that was on Amazon Prime for a while. And it was just a great little series where he would bring in both sides of an argument from different people. Um, I remember uh, one that stands out was he had Thomas Sowell in. And he and Thomas Sowell, or Thomas Sowell, he had had him basically debating topics of the day with a liberal commentator. And I don't remember who the liberal or at least um, left-leaning person was that he did his uh, debate with. It was pretty fascinating to watch them. I think he was a, um, if not still a professor at Harvard or Stanford in his late to mid to late 90s, if I'm not mistaken, um, and an author of many books as well, and a, a well-known economist. But he brings anybody from him to a guy named Milton Friedman, who was a um, well-known conservative economist back in the uh, 70s and 80s. I don't recall when Milton died. I don't know if he had Paul Harvey, but Paul Harvey was the other name that I was going to mention. And if you go back and listen to Paul Harvey's stuff, I think the title of one of his is If I Were the Devil. And that one is um, a worthy listen to. Very, very interesting people in that time. You know, you think about the 60s and 70s, you had Walter Conkright, and he was sort of the face of news television. And I think that Walter went into the 80s. I don't recall when he retired either. But he was sort of the face when you got onto the news at night. He would, you know, it was the moon landing. It was the riots in the late 60s to protest in the 70s, Vietnam coverage Walter was there and you can still find a lot of his stuff on YouTube and there's some fascinating early space exploration stuff with him that you can find out there as well but just me as someone that's 
interested in broadcasting and radio history and television history for that matter, I've always, I was always fascinated with Walter because he had not only a good voice for broadcasting, but just his persona that he would bring to the, to the television set, to live air. Not everybody can do that, and I'm sure it's hard. I've never had to do it. But I'm sure that, you know, a lot of families, every night, they would, you know, they'd be sitting up there waiting for Walter to come on television to tell them what news was about to happen. Of course, that history went into the later anchors, if you will, the the nightly anchors of television, whether it be ABC, CBS, NBC, um, thinking of people like Ted Koppel, Tom Brokaw, and I, I can't remember the other um, guy's name that was in the 80s. They sort of like, I, I would guess, cemented the um, that time period of the nightly anchor news. And it was kind of, you know, Rush, in a lot of ways, broke the mold of that because during that time period, you could also say that CNN sort of broke the mold of that nightly news anchor that was sort of like the foundation or the concrete of where everybody was listening. As a kid growing up, 80s and 90s, I remember CNN being 24-hour news, and what comes to my mind is the first Gulf War, 91 era, and it was wall-to-wall coverage. Baby Jessica comes to mind in that time period as well. And CNN, I think, sort of broke the mold in a lot of ways during that period. And, And just a few years later, I can't remember, but as a kid, I can remember in the 80s, you had headline news and CNN news. So if you were sitting in on your couch wanting to watch TV and, and you know find some news coverage besides your local news, say if it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon or if it was 4 in the morning when you randomly got up or 2 in the afternoon, whatever, 11 in the morning, you could go to CNN and find the news or headline news, which was on a lot. And headline news back then was a lot of times a 30-minute or an hour special basically going through the news of the day. Now, later on, I believe it was 95 or 97, maybe, that's when the Fox News era came in. And then you had Rush Limbaugh giving that side of the spectrum, and you had Fox News giving that side of the spectrum of conservative viewpoints, I guess you could say, or right-leaning, especially in Fox News's case. You know, some people argue different ways, especially nowadays, whether or not Fox News is any type leaning. You know, a lot of times, fair and balanced is what they'll say. I personally do, do like the show... Um, with Brett Bear, which is called, uh, you know, the name of it's leaving me right now, uh, Special Report with Brett Baird, who took the who took it over from Brett Hume. Brett Hume, he was the anchor before Brett um, Brett Hume, Brett Hume and Brett Bear. You can get those easily confused. But since he's taken it over, I feel that Brett Hume kind of came from that mold of the Peter Jennings and. The other guys that kind of came all the way back to Walter Conkite, where he was wanting to be a news journalist. Um, again, I know that I, I've always felt I've always felt that way, and so Brett sort of took over that from Brett Hume. And if you watch Brett, in my opinion, and he is on Twitter, and I see people contradicting him all the time on there about you know his viewpoints and stuff. He he will tell you that he is trying to give a fair and balanced view, and I think he is. I think that he is trying to do that, and to me, that's how. News should be, if you're trying to get the news, I mean, news to me is, I want information, and I'll get into this with Jason because he was a broadcast um, journalism major at his um, when he was in college, and uh, he could maybe go into that some more, but I that that's one of the reasons why I like Brett a lot. Um, and a lot of the local newscasts, they can be that way as well. Um, 
kind of been the big argument of the last 10 years, I guess, you know, people talking about how they feel that, you know, news is biased one way or the other, left-leaning, right-leaning, central-leaning. I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can lean central, but anyway, <clears throat> that's for sure of how the, to me, the present day has gone, has gone, kind of gone with broadcasting and, you know, to say where it's going to go from now, we don't know. I consider my faith way more important than my politics. Um, I think that we should all be allowed to sit at the table and give our opinions. You know, to me, freedom of speech is a huge, great thing. And you should be willing to listen to your neighbor. Listen to your neighbor for what they have to say, whether it be a conservative opinion or a liberal opinion. You should be able to live next to your door to your neighbor and say, that guy's a conservative. I don't agree with anything he says. They let me borrow his lawnmower and he's a nice guy. Or vice versa. Or, you know, be apolitical. It's just things that I'm talking about off the top of my head. But back to broadcasting. I think that it is a um, kind of a tribute to those guys in a lot of ways. Whether it be Walter Conkite or NBC Nightly News or Rush Limbaugh show, Sean Hannity show. Even if you think about television broadcasting, just shows like Oprah Winfrey. Them sitting there giving commentary or talking to people, interviewing they sort of paved the way for podcasting, I think, in a lot of ways. So whether you have Joe Rogan comes to my mind as the, in a lot of ways, I guess he's sort of the modern type of version in some ways of an Oprah, you know, having people sitting on his couch, so to speak, or his across from him, and he's doing these long-form interviews to, you know, get to the hardest questions he has. That's not to say that I agree with everything Joe Rogan says. You should form your own opinions. You should go out and study your own topics. And if you find something, if you go out there and you find research that somebody is off on something, then go by that. Don't go by just because, <clears throat> excuse me, Mark, somebody said this is the right opinion to have. Find out on your own. Find out for yourself if that's right. That's sort of what I wanted to talk about tonight. Anyway, hope you have a great day, and we'll see you next time on Talk of the Now. Goodbye.